Hey, what's going on, guys? Big Duke here, one third member of the legendary group, the Hogsman. Wanted to get this message in uh, because obviously travel restrictions around the world prevent me from being in the studio or wherever you guys do this now with your technology. It's amazing these days. I wouldn't even know where to start, but uh, wanted to give a quick PSA on the COVID-19 pandemic. Please stay home. Wash your hands. Don't touch your face. Wash your ass. If you gotta go to the store, go to the store, but make it quick. This is not a joke. Please stay the fuck home. On the show tonight, uh, from what I saw on the internet, Hammerstone is gonna be a guest. My old friend, my old enemy. Uh, he's guest to the gills and uh, He's tearing it up, and I'm, I'm very, very proud of him. Uh, so it's going to be a good talk, and uh, still waiting on Devin to send me that Hogsman shirt. Fucking Carney. moment that you've all been waiting for from the land of the rising sun to just north of the border strong style meets street style on this very podcast because you're listening to the Saitama Saint the Osaka superstar the mad titan of Tokyo the American kaiju (laughs) but wait double your pleasure double your fun because right now you're getting two hogsmen for the price of one He's the hombre with no nombre. Mi hermano from another mamo. He's the world's greatest Rudo. El numero Udo. That's right. You're listening to two of the three Hogsmen, Big Duke. Unfortunately, he couldn't make it this episode. He'll see. He said he'll be on the next one. But it is Monday, March 30th, and you're listening to Southern California's number one pro wrestling theme podcast we didn't do it first we just do it the best and uh tonight we are joined by a good friend of mine he's uh he's the face of mlw he's taking the fight to the soy boys and all the ducks around his residence he is uh alexander hammerstone what up hammer what's up guys i mean i gotta feel like uh my uh, introduction wasn't quite as glorious. I'll come up with something. I'll more. settle for it. I'll settle for it. That's, that's dude, not too bad, dude. So- soy boys and ducks—that's what you're you're bringing the fight to. That is true. Although, like with how empty the grocery stores are now, like it's just a matter of time before I'm gonna have to start eating soy protein. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and, and Mike, by by the way, dude, you you buried a SoCal's uh, SoCal's best podcast. I just want to put this out there: we're being listened to in Pakistan, Canada, the UK, Germany, Japan, Mexico, Norway, uh, Spain, South Africa, just to name a few. So, uh, 
it's a it's a slow build. We're gonna be uh, we're Southern California right now. Then we're Southwest, eventually uh, West Coast. All that we're we're building, dude. It's a slow build. Texarkana. We'll move over there. We're gonna build it up. Uh, Hammer this um, this coronavirus. It's been swinging its big old dick in in front of everybody's faces. <laughs> over here in Southern California, we're uh, we're quarantined. We're on lockdown. All the parks are shut down. All the beaches are shut down. What's going on over there in uh, in the Phoenix, Arizona area? Uh, I think it's pretty much the same. I mean, like, I keep hearing, like, you know, oh, at this time on this day, they're going to change this. But I, it's pretty much been – I'm pretty sure we've basically been in the same situation, maybe not just, like, officially, you know, um, mandated, but, like, all the restaurants closed down over a week ago and – it's just like carry out only. It's pretty much like the only places you're expecting to open are like the grocery store and stuff. Yeah. So pretty much the same old situation. And then uh, every night you're crying yourself to sleep, looking at pictures of the gym. <laughs> you know what? Like, so the first week um, when, when, like, when, when this all happened, I was like, I got like, I was like, the, go find them whatever gyms were open. And then I was like, you know what? This is only going to last, you know, a week or two. Who cares? And I was just like, I'm just not even going to train. I don't like, I'll just let my body heal. So I didn't train. I didn't take supplements. I didn't take caffeine. I didn't inject any gimmicks, whatever that means. <laughs> like I was just, <laughs> I was just like, I'm going to, I'm going to like let my body completely reset for like, you know, the week or two that this lasts. And then once I, we realized like, oh, this is going to last a while, <laughs> I started like, you know, sending some texts and making some calls. And between like my mom and my brother and my girlfriend's parents, like having like spare bits and pieces of weights and barbells, I got a pretty good little setup going on my patio and I'm able to train uh, pretty well. I think I'm not going to have any, any hard time. Like at least I'm not going to be improving, but I'm not going to turn into a fat piece of shit either. So you're doing whatever you can to main, maintain those gains is, is what you're trying to say. It, exactly. I'm hoping that when, you know, when wrestling comes back, everyone else gets blown up in like three and a half minutes. And I'm like the one guy who could actually still go at least like seven. <laughs> Dude, that's, that's, that's what I'm saying. I've been telling, I told this to Dev, everybody uh, on, on the social media, all the wrestlers are like, man, when we get back in there, it's go time. You know, I got to get back in the ring. You know, we're going to want to go hard, all this stuff. And it's like, dude, you ain't going to get nothing but shitty matches. When all the, when all this is said and done, man, everybody's gonna come in, like timing off. They're gonna get blown up within two minutes. But uh, hey, man, it is what it is. But you know, maybe maybe it'll be like a global reset for like the fans. Like maybe they'll be so happy to just see wrestling. And they'll be like it'll go back to them popping for arm drags and shit. You know what I'm saying? God, we can only dream. We can only wish that that's how it is. Um, we gotta hope, man. Uh, Hammer, how long have you been doing this now? Uh, just uh, just shy of ten years, I think. Ten years. Look at yeah. you, double digits, kid. Double digits. Uh, I mean, I, I I remember when all the locker rooms, like you know, because I got attention fast because of you know, oh shit, my my low power went up. Is that a bad thing? That's a bad thing, but we'll make this a short <laughs> interview, I guess. Uh, well, dude, I mean, I, I have my I have my brightness turned all the way down, so I think that'll make me last a little bit longer. <laughs> go ahead and just go, dude. <laughs> uh, yeah, but I, I still remember. Like, I feel like it was just yesterday when I was in all the wrestling locker rooms, and they would all be like, "Oh man, you're only 23. You got so much time ahead of you." And then now people are like, "Oh, you're 29. Like, you need to hurry up and get a real job." <laughs> <laughs> all right, Hammer. 
you're a, you're a little skinny drummer boy and you're like, hey, I want to be a professional wrestler. So you go to a professional wrestling school. What professional wrestling school are we going to, brother? Uh, well, the first guy I trained with, um, it was funny because I'd kind of been um, telling people, you know, like, I want to be a wrestler because, you know, I was at the gym, I was building up size and people were like, oh, are you doing bodybuilding, <clears throat> you're lifting, what are you doing? But no, I want to be a wrestler. And I'd even like put like a couple posts on Facebook where I'd be like, oh, I'm going to be in the WWE someday. <laughs> I was talking about it probably months, but like, I couldn't find anything in Arizona. And it got to the point where like the only thing that was coming up on Google were funk schools and then Booker T's school came up. And I was like, oh, I guess I have to move to Texas to be a wrestler. So I started saving money on minimum wage busboy. So I'm like, really not safe. Probably like fucking $50, you know. <clears throat> um, and then one day I was at the gym and someone's like, oh, yeah, you wanted to do that pro wrestling, right? I'm like, yeah. He's like, I'm pretty friend who does it. I'm like, really? What's his name? And it ended up being uh, Shadow Fox. Mm-hmm. And uh, so he put me in touch with him. And I, I got home from the gym. I DM'd him Facebook Messenger. And he's like, oh, yeah, we're training right now. Why don't you come by? This address that's like five minutes from the house. And uh, so my first trainer was just a guy. Um, he was like a old Lucha guy from Arizona, but he, he had his own ring. And they just did training at his house. And I trained with him for like a year before I ended up going to like the train under Lawrence Tyler and Hawaiian Lion, all those yeah, at AWF basically is what uh, is, is that the training school you were talking about, or the one that you, you talked about with Lawrence Tyler and all them? Uh, it was the original incarnation of Championship Wrestling from Arizona back then. Mm. Way back, but, back. So you fast forward, and uh, you know things are going pretty well for you. Uh, you know you got you got uh, some good bookings, but I remember you know I'm going to fast forward basically to like you and I at WCWC. You know, you and I were basically kind of like when I when I came up there, you were basically like my main dude that I hung out with. And, uh, you know, we would have, you know, you and I would just kind of like have a good time together, go out to dinner, have matches against each other, suplexes, German shirt, German suplexes. Just call it just call it just call it in the ring, brother. (laughs) Just call it what it is, man. You guys ran the territory, Mike. We're basically doing that. (laughs) And uh we uh, one night we were at we were at dinner, and I don't know if like you remember this 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 uh, this conversation, but you know I think every wrestler has that point where they are kind of like, man, is this worth it? Like, am I you know is this you know really worth all the time and effort? And at one point you were kind of really like a little down, I think, at one of our uh, at one of our dinners, and it was funny because it was right after your second tryout with the WWE, and uh, I, I remember you got called up last second to do that tryout. And I saw online that they had a tryout and they were like, oh, yeah, they're interested in these two people. And one of them was your shoot name. And I was like, and I was, I didn't know your shoot name. You're Hammerstone to me, right? And uh, I go, who the fuck is this? Fuck this motherfucker. Who is it? And I click on the (laughs) link. I go, oh, it's my boy Hammer. (laughs) Oh, what's up, brother? I didn't know you were going out there for that. But, uh, you know, you were getting kind of jacked around a little bit, you know, yes, no, yes, no by WWE. And it really kind of, I think that had been going on for a few years with you. Am I correct on that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, uh, and then, you know, fast forward probably like six months after that, you get a chance at Impact. You cut your hair, which was awesome. 
Um, and now you're on top of MLW. And it was good to see that. I, and I tell this to a lot of students. Listen, you're going to have dark times, but you got to power through them, make changes, do whatever to get to the next level. And that's what you did. Can you tell me a little bit about that? Like, so Impact, you walk up and they like you, but they need a little bit of change. Am I correct on that? Yeah. You know, and it's funny because you asked if I remember this conversation. And uh, when people, because every time I talk to people, they think like impact happened and I just had like this meltdown and cut my hair and tried to change everything all at once. And like, I'm like, no, like that was an idea. I had been like batting around for a while. And I always remember <clears throat> dinner at Mongolian barbecue. <laughs> And I kind of like pitched like what I was thinking to you. Like you were the first person I like sat down and talked about the ideas I had six months before I even uh, pulled the trigger on it. But um, it, it, I did need what happened with impact was like um, they, you know, they were doing the tryout in Vegas and I didn't even have to do the tryout. They had already booked me. Like they said, they specifically wanted me uh, for some of the explosion matches, but just by chance, I was I was there to try out because they were doing a seminar, but I wasn't going to do the tryout because you had to pay for it. And I was like, if I have a tryout and uh, match with some right, you know, some Joe Schmo and it goes bad, that's going to make me look worse. <clears throat> wait for the tapings and you know work a good match. But um, they had a an odd number of people, so Joe DeFalco came over to me and goes, "Hey, will will you work a match with this kid?" And I'm like, Ugh. and I'm like, let me see him. And I, I take a look at him and I'm like, okay, well, worst case scenario, like he's, he was small. So like worst case <laughs> scenario, I throw him around and physically move him where I want him to be. Um, but we ended up having like a really, really good match at the trial. Like it was really good. I just felt like super confident about it. And then uh, Moose was there and I've worked Moose before. So I guess he put me over and then like, through the grapevine, someone tells me, like, they, like, showed me a message from Scott Moore that was, like, I want to sign this Hammerstone guy, but he looks so much like Triple Eight. And I was, like, <clears throat> the next day, I was going to go up to the, the tape beans and actually, like, be on explosion and, you know, whatever. And I was just sitting there, and I went to sleep, and I woke up, and I'm driving to the tapings, and I'm just, like, I could tell them I'm willing to cut my hair. Or I could just do it. And, like, I think that makes a bigger statement. So I just stopped at Grey Clips and was like, cut, cut my hair off. And then I showed up at the tapings <laughs> and I was like, whoa, what? You, you, what happened? And then, like, they were, like, blown away. Like, they all acted like it was like, man, you just – like, someone just walked up and whispered in my ear. It was like, you just got yourself a job, kid. And a month goes by, don't hear shit. <laughs> Two months goes by, don't hear anything. And then in January – like once AEW pretty much became a real thing, I feel like every company who kind of wanted somebody went after them. Mm -hmm. It was like, oh crap, yeah, who we want? And that's when MLW <clears throat> hit me up. They sent me a, an email asking, you know, my availability, my booking rate, like a couple things, and I answered it. And then the next thing they responded with was was the contract offer. And I was like, what the heck? Like I was so confused, it just caught me off guard. So, yeah, it was uh, – Impact was the catalyst that made me cut my hair. But as you know, I kind of already wanted to change up what I was doing and wrestling, do something fresh, and it ended up working. I remember you, uh, you sent out that little teaser tweet, you know, implying that you'd been signed, and I immediately hit you up like, who the fuck is it, motherfucker? 
And uh, and you and you told me, uh, you know, before before it was it was well known before it was publicly known, but I knew it was going to be a good fit for some reason, man. With you and you and that company, and it definitely has been. They've been very good to you, man. You've worked out perfectly, I think, with them. It was like a situation where um, I really felt like because you know after once January came around, like Impact got back in touch with me, but it really felt like. Uh, Hey, like we, we, we want to have you under contract versus MLW is like, Hey, we want to build some stuff with you. So we want you as part of our team. Like I got the feeling like they were, were going to give me like an opportunity to be a star of the show. So, and a year and a half later, and I don't read it at all. Yeah. They, uh, they immediately sent you over to Japan. And what I'm wondering is, did anybody over in Japan ask you how the American Kaiju Devin Sparks is doing? Cause they hadn't seen him in a little while. <laughs> <laughs> it was, you know, it was over how they were just all hours of the night. They're at knocking on the hotel room door, asking if I have any of his by tens. I just broke my heart to tell them, no, it, bro- it really did. You know? So maybe next time I go out, I could get in touch at the time. <laughs> Was it's it hard? Okay. It's okay. It's all right. I mean, honestly, dude, I stopped working out there for a while. It was getting a little wild. You know how those K-pop stars just have these stalkers, like, hitting them up, and they, you know, they go online, they find out where they took certain pictures. Like, I bet they were here that night. It became like that, and I just said, look, I got to go back to the States for a while. And so here I am talking to you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, hey, hey, uh, Hammer. Do you remember that shitty remote control match that Devin had out in there at AWF? <laughs> Dude, I AWF so I feel like it was like a six month period where like they would have a completely serious, straightforward like wrestling product with like these a couple matches had like a good storyline feud and it was presented very like pure wrestling and then there would just be one match that went the completely opposite route like stuck in somewhere i remember that match like devin can you tell a little bit about that match since you were in it and then i remember just being in the back during it and hammer fucking on it so hard i first of all this was not my idea and uh i'm i'm a i'm a little bit of a i don't want to say i'm like a wrestling purist because that's that's not fucking true but I like I like wrestling. I don't like fucking around. I don't like stupid shit like that. But other people do, right? People like uh, you know jokes and dick wrestling and infinity gauntlets and stuff like that. And so they're like, hey, look, we're gonna do. There's like six of it was like six people in a match or five, and they're like, hey, we want to use a remote control, and um, we'll like pause the match and shit, and we'll rewind it and all this. And I'm like, why? Why would we do that? And like, cause it'll be so fun. It'll be, it'll be so over. And I'm like, I don't want to do that, man. That sounds stupid. And they're like, they're like, come on, come on. And then like four people were telling me, we got to do this. And I was like, I don't care, dude. This is your crowd that you have to like <laughs> walk around and be seen at stores with. So sure. I'll do your fucking remote control match, whatever you want to do. And then, uh, at some point, at some point in the match, uh, I got the control. I'm like, I'm not giving this thing back. I'm, <laughs> I don't want to play along. I remember in the back, everybody was just like, what the fuck are they doing? Goddamn remote control shit. You were like the like second matchup. It's like a six man scramble. Evans, was he in that? Uh, Maybe. I know that 
Maybe. I know Spray Boy was, and uh, uh, Evan Daniels was. I know that for a fact. Those two were in there. Well, there's no crazy wrestlers. <laughs> you know, I saw <laughs> I saw something that was pretty funny. Um, actually, by the way, uh, Hammer, plug your Twitter account. At Alex Hammerstone. There you go. It's one of the funniest fucking follows. It's one of the funniest follows on Twitter that there is, and I love it. And I forget what it was, but <clears throat> I think Mike and I had just left the show. And uh, <laughs> we just left the show. We're driving back to San Diego, and it's like a you know, five-and-a-half-hour drive in the middle of the night, and we're both looking at each other like, why the fuck do we do this? Every single time we drive back from Arizona, why do we do this shit? This is so stupid. And, uh, <laughs> and I see a tweet. <laughs> I see a tweet from Hammer that's like uh, – <laughs> it was like it was like I just overheard an argument about one guy was standing in the other guy's way as like extra talent on WWE and you wonder why I don't wrestle in Arizona anymore. <laughs> <Some> shit <laughs> like that. <laughs> it was so funny. I just I I remember being in the middle of that and like when those were like the issues and like I remember like that being like the real heat but I'm so far removed from it that like I can't imagine being that dumb and petty again, you know what I'm saying? You got to get that screen time in, brother. Got to get that screen time in. You know what, dude? I saw you attack a duck, so maybe you are <laughs> moving on to bigger and better things. <laughs> you know, fucking hand uh, oh. is one of the dude, uh, wrestling feuds going right now, so you should. It is. <laughs> so let me ask let me ask you this uh when mlw resumes are we are we gonna see uh duck dynasty call you out at a show or how's this gonna work man Peta, are you gonna be going up against Peta? you know we were just talking about doing silly things in wrestling if anyone's gonna pick up the duck feud or try to have me wrestle a duck i, I think mlw is probably gonna be the last place to do it but you know you never know <laughs> <laughs> i think jared's got some money he'll bring him in no, it's, it's a good point. <laughs> so what's uh what's MLW doing with everything with the coronavirus? So you guys are shut down for a little bit. Are they have they given you guys a plan? Like, yo, expect uh to be, you know, show free for four weeks or six weeks or so we had a show scheduled for April eighteenth and they already canceled rescheduled that to June. Um, beyond that, I think we had a taping scheduled for like May 2nd and we were ahead enough on TV that we can make it through all of April without filming again. But if we're not allowed to film by May, then we're going to run out of TV. So it's really going to like, I, none of us know how this is going to go. Cause you hear people be like, Oh, it's going to be cleared up in two weeks. Oh, it's going to be four weeks. Oh, it's going to be three months. So it's it's interesting because that if we if we don't like get that May taping right away, then I don't know what we're gonna be doing as far as TV. That's why I mean the other day on Twitter I offered to give me an Iron Man match by myself. <laughs> <laughs> well, Hammer, I mean you've been doing this whole thing with your shirt off. Do you want to go ahead and announce your OnlyFans right now? <laughs> <laughs> I will knock on door to door and offer to mow people's lawns <laughs> before I get the new fans. <laughs> Dude, have you ever seen uh have you ever seen uh Scott Sanner had like a workout video? What about that? You could probably do that. Wake up with the hammer and get people to subscribe for seven ninety nine a week. 
you know, like I think about that sometimes. I think like I just give away everything for free on my Twitter. Like I, I like all the videos I post, I'm like, <clears throat> man, I could like this these could be like Patreon, but I just like I'm a I'm a I like giving it out. <laughs> <laughs> Laying the hammer down. I like that. That's, if I'm going to show my butthole, it's going to be free on Twitter, right? <laughs> uh, the way it should be. The way it should be. Speaking of which, Hammer, you've wrestled, uh, you've wrestled in the U.S., you've wrestled in Japan. The big question everybody wants to know is, you ever shit your pants in the ring, dude? Dude, I have not. Um, I've God been very sick, thought I was going to, and I have wrestled someone else who did shit their pants and it was <laughs> i shit my pants one time really <laughs> mike mike yeah. mike believes that this is a common occurrence and every time he gets someone on he's like hey yo you ever shit your pants in the ring everyone's like no never mike's like oh okay just me <laughs> he's just waiting to have someone to share that with. i am yeah, exactly. hammer hammer i'm gonna tell this fucking story right now you may not have shit your fucking pants in the ring, but I remember the one time. So, so Hammer and I got got partnered. We got a we were in a little program up at WCWC for uh, the last few months that we were there, and uh, there was some weekends Hammer and I would wrestle like five times in a weekend. If it wasn't a singles match, it'd be like a tag match or a multi-person match, and we're about to go out there for a singles match. And I go, all right, we're like, we go over the match, and we're like, all right, cool, dude. I'll see you out there. Hammer goes out first. And uh, the way the WCWC curtain and setup was set up, you would, you would walk through one curtain, and you'd walk into this little curtained-off room, and then the second e- e- exit, that would, that would lead out to the entranceway, out to the ring. So I'm like, Hammer, I'll see you out there, bud. He walks through this curtain, goes out, and then my music hits and I walk into the, to the first curtain and all I smell is fucking ass. <laughs> and I hope you remember this. Hammer. And I go, Oh my God, what the fuck? So I'm like, I got to get out of this area as fast as possible. And I walk down the entrance walkway and all I smell is ass the whole fucking way to the ring. And I'm just like, and I'm trying to, I'm trying to look serious. I'm trying to play the role. And all I'm thinking about is fucking hammer farted in this fucking room and, and trailed it all the way down this fucking entrance ramp. So we get in the ring and they do the, 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 the announcements. And I'm just looking at this guy like this motherfucker. As soon as we lock up, we lock up and I go, you fucking farted, you motherfucker. And Hammer just starts laughing, and we're like, he's just laughing in the lockup. Uh-huh. But anyways, I'll never fucking forget that shit. So yeah, you might have you might you might have shit your pants in the entrance, but not in the ring, but in the entrance. <laughs> he never said he re- he didn't wrestle a match with a load in his pants. <laughs> but man, yo that yo Hammer that that was some of the best times I had up in wrestling. Man, it was at WCWC, dude. You and I'm telling you, you wrestled in the bad period at WC when they were at the Bob White Theater and they would do like the back to back days, but one of them wasn't tapings. That was great because we do the Saturday tapings and then the Sunday show wasn't till 5 p.m. and it was a just a normal live show, it was just a single night in Salem. 
So Saturday after tapings, all the boys would go out and get a And I just have so many crazy stories of like just the most like horrendous stuff that like shouldn't (laughs) but like that's mc was awesome um i've i've told this story on here before how like gangrel was like my first match where i was like nervous as shit and i told you this before the back in the day i told you that and you kind of were like the same way do you remember like the first time you were in the ring like yo this guy like what the fuck am i doing in the ring with this guy like nervous as shit Oh yeah, one hundred percent. It was I was probably like, honestly, like fifteen matches in, if that. I don't even know. But I wrestled <clears throat> Shelton Benjamin, and um, like I was trying very hard to make it clear to him that like I didn't have wrestling instinct yet. That like I needed like some, to, some planning, you know? Because he was just like, yeah, what's some stuff you do? Oh, right, cool, cool. Yeah, we'll fit that in there. Yeah. Okay. Cool. What kind of heel are you? Um. Okay. Yeah. Cool. I, I I can work with that. But I was and I was like, okay. So like, what? Where Where do you want to do this? What do you want to do? And he was just like, oh, like, out. And I was like, trying very hard to keep like driving the point home. Like, hey, I need like something to work with here. And he just wasn't giving it to me. So it was like I had no idea what I was doing to that match, and I was like so nervous. And it was probably awful, and I hope it's light of day. But man, that that was that was who who was that hammer again? Shelton Benjamin. Oh oh yeah, that's a big one, dude. Yeah. Which I mean, and it's crazy now because like I'm I'm like I'm not trying to sound cool or anything like that. I just I don't get nervous for matches anymore. Like I don't care who I'm wrestling. Like unless they're like. The only time I do is if they're like a jerk to call it with, you know, like if you mm-hmm. sit down, like try to talk to them and like you could tell they're going to make it a pain in your ass for some <clears> or other. Like every once in a while, like there's been times a guy and like I really get the feeling that he's mad. He has to put me over. So I'm just like I get a little bit nervous because I'm like, you're going to purposely make this match difficult, you know. But as far as just like who it is, I'm just like, oh, yeah, cool. Like let's like my brain doesn't like get nervous anymore. <clears throat> um but the day, like, yeah, I remember when it was like, oh, you're wrestling Shelton Benjamin tonight. I wanted to, like, I wanted to go home. I didn't even want to do it. I wasn't even excited. <laughs> I was just like, oh, don't, like, don't take me. I want friends. You, uh, you bring that up about now. I've, I've noticed that because I've been in the ring with you plenty of times. You've changed up your, I feel like you've changed up your in-ring style a lot. Like, I feel back in the day, you and I would, when we first met each other, we would call a lot in the back. And then as we started working together, you know, we would kind of just be like, whatever. It became pretty simple for you and I to work with each other. And then the last time we worked each with each other at, at uh, AWF, I think we called your Hogan comeback and the finish. I think that was about it. <laughs> so like, that's how many times we could tease a superplex without doing it. Yeah, exactly. That's the finish. <laughs> And then you drop the you drop the Hogan leg on me and you go for the cover and I go, dude, do I have to kick out right now? Like, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I, I, so is that because I've I've watched a few of your matches uh, over the past couple months and I've, I I see you're having a lot more fun, a lot more. Uh, it looks like you're more a lot more calling at the ring and feeling it out in the ring. Is it? Am I am I correct on that? 
Um, I mean, it depends on where I'm at. I really like to be, I like both styles. Like I like both extremes actually. Like I like etches that are super spotty, a lot of sequences, a lot of like, <clears throat> and then I like matches where we're familiar enough with each other. We could just go out there and get, um, but really I try to just gauge what my opponent's most comfortable with and do that. Because if I'm working with someone who can't remember shit, then why am I going to call a bunch of intricate falsies? And if I'm working with someone who's like Forte is stringing together offense, then why am I not going to let them do that? So I really just try to like get a feel for whatever my does that work around that. Yeah. it's a good idea. Yeah, I mean, because like I, the worst type of guys you work with are the ones that like – you're like, hey, let's do this. I'm like, no, I do it this way. And <laughs> I'll wait to do it. You got to be flexible with the way you do things, especially. Sorry, Hammer. We, we missed the names you were going to say. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, I, uh, I don't have names, but I, I, I am always blown away because, like I said, I try to really gauge people when I'm talking <clears> to match. And sometimes when I'm talking to somebody, I can tell right off the bat that they have a really bad memory for stuff, right? So I don't make it hard. I make it super simple. And then like they still forget stuff. And I'm like, how? Because like the thing is, like I get if you can't remember this move, that move, this move, and then feed here, take this. But like if we both <clears throat> down and we just we're both laying down after a big move and the ref's counting to seven and we're both getting up and I'm the baby face. You should know that I'm about to knock you down with something. <laughs> <You know? laughs> but so it's like I don't get mad if you don't have an awesome memory. But like if you don't actually like have the ability to kind of be where you should be based off of like the way pro wrestling works, then I'm really fucking annoyed. <laughs> I'm glad you uh, I'm glad you gauged me as somebody who doesn't have a good memory when we first met each other. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Hammer, favorite venue? Favorite venue wrestled? Oh, that's hard. Um, it might it might be the the old ECW arena in Philly, just because um, like obviously that's like a historic building, right? But that's where I debuted with MLW, and uh, when I debuted, I got like si- not silence, but like it was definitely in the air of like. Who's this guy, right? Um, versus the last time we were there, I wrestled T-Hawk, and it was probably my best match with the company. And the whole like the whole match, the crowd was just going nuts. Like they were ch- dueling chants. There was, you know, MLW chants. This is awesome chants. And it was just like, so for me to like show up in that building and get like a really weird response, and then a, a year later, almost to the date, wrestle the same venue and just like it was like almost like a a reminder of like man like you put in the work with this last year and like this is what you have to show for so that was like a really cool night i got told by ricky mandel uh when i first started he was at training one night and uh he was talking to all the younger guys like one night you're gonna walk into a a a place a new promotion and you're not and nobody's gonna make a sound for you when you walk out of that cur- walk out the curtains and 
I experienced that one time, right, not too long after he told me that. And I, I always tell that to the younger kids that are training. Like, you might be over as hell in your hometown, but you're going to go to a new territory and they're not going to know who the hell you are. And you're going to come out to crickets. And it's going to be very uncomfortable. But you also have to, you have to play it off like you don't give a shit and you're still the man, you know? It's a weird vibe. Dev, were you going to ask something? Oh, yeah, this is a while back, though. But um, you were saying that the second night you were at the ECW arena, you, you were just saying that the crowd was going bananas. So how loud was Duke, and what did he have you sign? <laughs> I was, uh, I forget what company I worked for, uh, but it was some random, like, I was doing, like, a trip in, and one of the shows was like, like I had a good booking on Friday and then like a good booking on Sunday, right? And then my friend was like, "Hey, uh, if you don't have anything on Saturday, you could do this show with me." And I don't even remember the name of the company to be honest. But I was like, "Sure, let's do it." And then as soon as I advertised it, Duke reached out to me and he's like, "Hey, bro, you're doing this show?" And I'm like, "Yeah." He's like, "Oh, I'll come by. Like, we can maybe grab something to eat afterwards. Let's say hi, blah blah blah." Like, super looking. And like, showtime comes. I'm like at the merch table. And then I'm like, oh, yeah, Duke said he was coming. So I send Duke a text. I'm like, hey, what's up, man? Doesn't text me back. And then, like, the next day, he's like, hey, sorry, man. I was hanging out with a girl. I was like, bro. Like, yeah. <laughs> dude. Come on, That's man. dude. Not, not sticking to the code. <laughs> so uh, go back into Noah. Tell us about that. I mean, how was that experience? That was your second time in Japan. I mean, obviously, huge difference, right? So what was, what was this time like compared to the first time around? When are you going back? How do you feel about Japan compared to wrestling out here for MLW? And if um, if it wasn't for getting homesick, like I would just be a Japan guy. Like if it was based strictly on the wrestling, I would just be a Japan guy because I I love it. Um, and I felt like it changed me like even more because like I've always been a, like so I'll get on you know the internet and I'll act like I'm like a we know oh i just need to be big and buff and that's all that matters i don't care about being good but like that's a joke and people are supposed to understand i'm joking like i like to be like i like when people watch my matches like damn he's fucking good like i try really hard to be good at wrestling um and like uh when i first went over to japan like i was i wanted to put on good matches but i was also like you know what like i was like still trying like to bring out this character and like be this american heel and like the moment that it shifted, I was like, you know what? Screw that. Was one night I was like, I I planted like the baby face down with something, and I'm like, said something generic. You know, that's how how America does it, or cheer for America. And they cheered because they respect you. They respect <laughs> they respect American wrestling. So, like that get a heel reaction. And I'm like, why am I even trying to get a heel reaction? Like, what am I like? I just want to like. So the, after that, like the whole rest of the tour. I just was like, I'm just wrestling. Like, I'm just going to wrestle. Like, and maybe my, I'll be the aggressor or maybe this or that, but like, I'm just here to fucking wrestle. It was awesome. Like, I was, by the end of the tour, I was a machine because all I was doing was lifting weights, eating eggs and rice, and wrestling. And like, I was going, you know, 25 minutes and like wanting to go more and like learning the, the, the little intricacies of the style because like in America, like, you get told like, oh, this is Japanese style or this is strong style. And then you go out there and do it. And you're like, you realize like we have this really bastardized version of like the way they do things. Um, 
but it was great, man. Like I, I loved it. I just, I just get homesick. You know, I was out there for a couple of weeks and like by like week three, I was like, man, I really can't wait to go home. Hammer, it sounds like your experience was a lot like uh, Devin's, you know, because Devin, all he did was lift weights out there, eat egg whites. <laughs> Actually, I did. I ate really clean out there. I was great. Actually, I, I do have another question for you, Hammer. Uh, I'm a body guy now. I bought um, I bought a pair of high-waisted pants, and <laughs> <laughs> I just need to know, is that how you became a body guy, or was my was my road to the top a little different than yours? <laughs> so when you're an actual body guy, um, the, we have an official federation, the, the body guy federation. They'll just ship you the pair of high waisted pants. If you had to buy them, that's not the right way to do it. Like they should just be in your mailbox. Oh, <clears throat> okay. Okay, cool. All right. So then when will I get the new pair of high waisted pants? Uh, I, uh, <laughs> Mike, can you let him softly? <laughs> <laughs> I'll talk to him after the podcast. All right, I'll cool. let him know. I think you I cut out there, Hammer. I have no idea what you said. Tell me, Mike. <laughs> <laughs> Hammer, this is not a, a wrestling-related thing at all. It's just a story you told me once one time, and I love it. Can you tell me about the time you and your chick went to see Thor uh, and you got a standing ovation? Oh, dude. Yeah, that's- <laughs> So, uh, I don't even, I don't know if it was with the girl I'm with. Um, but yeah, I I think it was maybe Thor two that I was going to see. Um, but it's back when I had the beard and long hair stuff opening night. So the theater, like you had to get early, um, to get a good seat and all that nonsense. So I walk in and there's already a lot of people in the theater, but as I'm walking to my seat, so I'm like, it's Thor! And the theater starts clapping for me and I like do a little bow and it's like this goofy moment. And then like maybe 10 minutes later, movie still hasn't started. This dude walks in in a full Thor costume with a hammer <laughs> and everything and no one says shit. <laughs> so, like, it was like, at home, like dreaming of my pop. <laughs> <laughs> this guy, Hammer walks in and steals this guy's shine. He has, he, he has no idea. No idea. No oh, uh, idea. Hammer, did did you, I don't know? Maybe I'm thinking of this wrong. Did you just do Mexico, or or am I thinking of something else? We 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 did Mexico. Like so, we did Mexico on March like thirteenth <clears throat> or fourteenth, which is like literally like. I, I was able to do Mexico with MLW, and then the following Sunday I did um, Mecca for FSW, and those are like the last wrestling shows that happened in the country, apparently. Hmm. Well, I mean, I guess Mexico didn't happen in the country, but good thing we got that, that in because like after that, they started like closing the match. Yeah, I saw a video for that, man. They must have had like 5,000 people there. Yeah, it was crazy because like we were like, man, are they even gonna, are people even going to come to this? Um, and like obviously, like we all kind of like learned about the coronavirus like super quick because it went from being like not an issue to oh my gosh, it's an issue. So like that Thursday, we were like, oh, it's not a problem. And then like Friday, as we're sitting in the locker room in Mexico, like 
we're just seeing stuff get crazier and crazier. Like our bookings for the next weekend are getting canceled and we're like, what's going on? So we're worried if people are going to show up to the show, but they sold out. There's like over 5,000 people. There. It was awesome. Um, yeah, I, uh, I messed out on, I missed out on a couple of bookings. Actually, uh, Dev and I were supposed to be out in Arizona this past weekend. Actually, uh, yeah, Saturday, but, and then I was supposed to wrestle our boy, uh, Darren Corbin up in, uh, Oregon on, uh, earlier this month. Really? I was telling everybody, man, Darren Corbin is just one of the best guys to be in the ring with. <laughs> Darren Corbin is the best guy to be anywhere with. <laughs> <laughs> um, I always tell this story, like, I don't know. Like I think you probably had to be there for this match, um, but I don't know if you, you specifically remember uh, us doing this. I, I just told this story again uh, a few weeks ago, um, but it was a tag match, and it was me and this uh, – I don't remember who. It was a guy – like they randomly tried to give me a tag team partner, but it was me and this guy for Corbin and Green. And, uh, you know, you like, you've kind of already touched how it got at dub C where like, you'd be wrestling like the same guy so much. Like you stopped trying to have great matches and you just started trying to like pop the boys in the back. (laughs) And, um, I remember what we did was I'm like, I'm, we're the baby faces. So I'm in the heels corner. Heels are Anthony green and Darren Corbin. And like, I'm, I'm selling on all fours, like all the way at the heel corner but like reaching for the baby face corner. And when the, when Darren goes to pick me up, I like <clears throat> body slime him out of nowhere. Boom. And then I crumble back to my knees, go back to selling, reaching for the tap. But he gets up and taps out like right away. And when Anthony green goes to pick me up, I do the same thing. Surprise body slam. <laughs> and they just keep doing that. And like between every body slam, I crawl maybe another foot. <laughs> but like I, when I get to my corner, but because I'm just crawling so slow in between body slams, I've probably body slammed each of them six times. <laughs> <laughs> and then I finally make the hot tag, and it's like the crowd goes nuts for the hot tag. <laughs> Gets in the ring and pins Darren because Darren's sewn the body slam. <laughs> That's fucking awesome. I remember that. I remember that. Most anticlimactic hot tag of all time. <laughs> <laughs> I remember that. And you know what? Darren and Anthony Green, I think, would have had such a good tag team together, man, because those guys were just like on the same page as far as like comedic wise and just and, and working wise. Yeah. The thing That's- is, I love, so I love when a guy knows how to fit comedy into what he does. And is also a good worker. So he like, he fits it tastefully. The reason like, like I don't hate comedy wrestling. What I hate when guys use comedy to make up for the fact that they can't wrestle. You know what I'm saying? So if you're a good worker who tastefully like figures out how to make some funny, cool, cool by me. But if you're a guy who's like, shit, I don't really know how to wrestle. So I'll just do something shocking or you know try to stick my thumb in someone's butt it's like dude <laughs> that's that's lame to me but darren definitely who knows what he's doing oh man he's one of the best man and I, I i we're supposed to eventually have that match again but obviously all this shit's on hiatus for the time being which sucks man but hey what else can you do dude can you uh, – so one of the things we do on this show is we, we bury ourselves pretty good. 
Do you have any stories where you're like, oh my God, what a, I mean, you kind of told us one with, with Shelton, but is there one where you're like, what a greenie I was, or like, I walked into the situation and just completely shit the bed? Oh, wow. <clears throat> um, <clears throat> I, so this may, maybe isn't exactly what you're looking for, but this just came to mind. So I was doing um, extra work. <laughs> yes, this is exactly what we're looking for, Hammer. <laughs> and I had done extra work plenty of times. In fact, I already had like I already had my tryout coming up, like, and it was like a couple weeks away. And the thing is, like, anyone who knows how it works, the only reason you do extra work is to do a good like match at SmackDown or whatever before the show, good enough for them to go, hey, let's give this guy a tryout. And then the trial is where you get actually signed. So I had no reason to even do the extra work. I just thought like, well, it's a payday. I'll be, I'll make some more face with everybody, be more familiar. And, uh, you know, it's, it's, it was in Arizona. So it was like no big deal. Um, and rewind to the lot, the time before this, when I did, uh, extra work, I was like super nervous and, you know, I'm like sitting there in my suit or I, I think we were like at the ring and I was like, had a t-shirt shorts on and like Jimmy Jacobs walked by me and he goes, dude, what are you doing? And I was like, what? And he's like, why are you wearing a shirt? And I'm like, because he's like, dude, you're shredded. I'm like, or don't you want a job? And I'm like, yeah, like, take your shirt off. <laughs> I took my shirt off and dude, like that was right before I did a bodybuilding show. Um, so I was like, bone shredded and like I like Finn Balor and uh what's his uh, uh Jinder Mahal and like a couple guys like came and like talked to diet with me and talked training with me and it was really cool and then so fast forward to this time we're doing the, the extra work I'm in that like first of all I'm way more confident and I'm like immediately like I like I was in my suit and I made sure they didn't need anything and then like I took my shirt coat off and we're like <clears throat> off and then, like, when I was by the ring, I was just in my trunks hanging out. Um, and uh, there was a couple good – like, like Peter Avalon was there and uh, somebody else from SoCal. There was, like, a couple good workers there, but they kind of had already kind of paired up for, like, doing matches, right? And there was this one kid from Vegas I knew, so, and he wasn't great, but he could get by. So I went over to him and I'm like, hey – if uh, if we get to do a match, let's let's put a little bit of something together. So we we kind of talked through some stuff, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> we uh, <laughs> I I just like try to avoid like too many details, but we we get a little bit of something together. And then and keep in mind, there's like twelve extras there. There's like a lot of people for some reason. But then anyway, we're by the ring and. They like they come over and they're like, hey, uh, we're gonna do a match, but we only have room for time for. We want you, and they picked me, and then he goes and like he was like trying to figure out who to pick. It's really weird. He's like and um and you, and they picked like from a visual standpoint. If you were like to look at the group and say, who do you think's the worst wrestler? You pick- <laughs> so we're now gonna. <laughs> a little bit together, we have pretty much until we walk into the ring, that's how much time we have. So we're walking to the ring, and I get side by side with him. And as we're walking, I go, tell me three things you do well. 
And he just goes, uh, I don't know. Just call stuff for me. <laughs> Tell me one thing you do. And he goes, I don't know. Just call stuff. And I get, and I go, I go, okay, finish the bicycle kick. And then we get in the ring and we lock up and I don't know, like, I'm a talker. Like Mike, you probably know, like I'm a, I'm a talker. The whole match I talk. So I am like talking this guy step by step through this match. And he's literally messing up every single thing. I <laughs> and, um, I'm not making it complicated either, but like, so here's the thing. This dude's smaller than me, like significantly. So out the window goes, you know, like knocking me down with a clothesline or back elbow or just give me a suplex. That's out the window. <clears throat> but also he looks like he's like dumpy. He's like frumpy little. He's not in good shape. I'm like, I don't know if this guy can throw a drop kick. I don't think he could do a head scissor or a hurricane Rana. Like the typical like little man, big man stuff. He doesn't look capable of doing. So I'm like, try, I'm just trying to go through a basic match, you know, universal, you know, I like he's literally, but he's messing up everything. Dude, this guy tried to clothesline me eight times in the match (laughs) (laughs) on any of them, except finally, um, I have him down in a hold. Because we're, we're, we've worked through the heat. I have him down a hold. I was like, we're going to work toward, towards the comeback. What can you do? He goes, I don't know. Just, 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 just. And he's getting up. Like, he's getting up. <laughs> getting up. Like, but he works his way up. And then he hits me. And he did it. He's like, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. And then he hits me. And he takes off to the ropes. <laughs> what? Do me. And he comes back with a clothesline. <laughs> no bump. And I'm just so mad at this point. I go, like, oh, do it again. And he fucking does it again. I don't bump. And I was like, do it again. And then I had him duck my line. And finally, I bump off of clothesline number eight in the match. <laughs> <laughs> and I feed to the corner. And I'm like, okay, he's going to come in. And he's going to do one of two things. He's going to come in with like a big splash. And I could sell it for him. Or he's going to come over. And he's going to try to shoot me. And I can reverse him <clears throat> and tell him what I want to do next. But in that split second, I see him starting to run. So I'm like, okay, he's going to splash me. And then, or, you know, clothesline or forearm or whatever. (laughs) And in a split second decision, I was like, you know what? Fuck this guy. (laughs) So I moved out of the way. So he just took the turnbuckle and he doesn't like, he doesn't know what's coming next. And he's not smart enough to have common sense. So he takes the turnbuckle and he turns around and before he even started to turn, I was already throwing the bicycle kick. <laughs> and when he took his fucking head off and pinned him one, two, three, and then Road Dog was like, God damn, someone check on that guy. <laughs> <laughs> so so here's the, the shits of it all. I was friends with one of the referees, and I'm I'm pissed at this point. Like I was so mad because I I had the tryout coming up and I, was, I didn't even have to do this extra work, but now I made a bad impression instead of just going in neutral. And one of the referees like pulls me aside later in the hallway. And he's like, dude, they were ribbing you. And I'm like, (laughs) yeah, they they tried to put you in there with a doofus because they said you were walking around backstage with your shirt off like a big fucking fat ass. (laughs) Mike, I told you, right? I told you. So Hammer, uh, we're doing extra work in in, uh, San Diego. And uh, we had a body guy down there. And he, he's walking out, going to the ring uh, to do 
the tryout matches, and he was in his in his trunks and his in his gear. Everyone else is wearing uh, a t shirt and in uh, sweatpants or a t shirt and in uh, you know uh, workout shorts. And he was the only one. He was all by up. People were pissed. People were fucking talking mad shit behind his back when he walked away. They were like, they were like, what the who the fuck does he think he is? He's like, like this is a professional environment. Like, dude, I don't go to like an office and like walk around in my underwear. I'm like, holy shit, guys! Like, I didn't know that. That's hilarious. Hey, Hammer, I'll message. I'll message you his name later. <laughs> it, was, uh, it was definitely an experience. That's funny. Um. Well, that's good. That we uh, we love living, listening to the extra work because that's some of the best stories ever. <laughs> uh, all right, man. I think we're we're coming up on uh, our time, right? Yeah, I think that's it, dude. I think uh, I think we're at about an hour, so we got to shut it down. Hammer. When uh, this weekend is it the blow off with the duck or what? What are we looking at here? You know what? I'm really at the mercy of when this duck. I'm trying to get my homeowners association to not, you know, kick me out of my condo first. Because <laughs> uh, I really have to be careful about when I do this. It's got to be a rip and run on this duck. <laughs> um, what do you got? Uh, all right, go ahead. Go. I think it was last the last weekend that I was doing shows. I got a panic call from my girlfriend because my dog had attacked one of the ducks, and he's like, he straight up had this duck in his mouth, and it was gonna kill it. And um, I was like, man, if only we had got that. <laughs> <laughs> so wait a minute. This is the comeback for the duck. This duck, this is a revenge story. Like, yeah, it's actually like like I, we started it. We fucked with the ducks first. So, <laughs> Hammer, give me uh, – so you ain't got no bookings coming up because everything's on fucking pause. What uh, – pro wrestling tees, t- uh, go for it. Go. Pro wrestling tees. What is it? Yeah, uh, so if you search, or it's Pro Wrestling Tees slash Alex Hammerstone, I have my store with like four or five different designs. And then also, if you go to MLW.com, that redirects you to the MLW Pro Wrestling Tees, and they have some additional designs for me, but I only get a small cut. So, uh, <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, but either either of those stores work. And then the, the Twitter is at Alex, Alexander Hammerstone. No, at Alex Hammerstone. That's my Twitter and my Instagram. And then uh, I'm pretty sure they want Alexander Hammerstone on Facebook. So The uh, the Twitter handle is one of the most entertaining in professional wrestling. So go ahead and uh, follow that. It's such a weird thing now. Like, how common I travel to, like, a new state, and I'm, like, meeting the locker room, and I shake someone's hand. I'm like, hey, nice to meet you, Alex. And they like, bro, I'm a fan of your Twitter. <laughs> I'm like, that's <laughs> Hey, that's a good thing, man. It's, it, who need who needs good matches when you got a good Twitter? That's tr- there's a couple guys who like. I'm pretty sure people have never even seen their matches, but they get booked everywhere from being entertained on Twitter. So, fucking name, what it is. Wrestling. The least important part about wrestling is uh, the actual wrestling. Who would have thought? Yeah. Anyways, thanks, bud. I appreciate you coming on here, man. Yeah, it was a blast, guys. And hopefully uh, we'll be out there uh, wrestling at AWF and, and seeing you around that area. 2021. <laughs> right. Actually, the real reason we brought you on is Mike wanted to beg for a job. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'll, I'll message you about that too, Hammer. <laughs> I got this anchor with me now, though. His name's Devin Sparks. I got to drag him with me. Oh, yeah. 
think that we might have a job or a tag team opening. So. <laughs> All right. Thanks, Hammer. I'll see you later, bud. All right. Take care, guys. Later, buddy. Yeah. All right, Devin Sparks. Pretty good episode of uh, the Hogsman Podcast. Am I correct? I mean, I don't mean to toot our own horn, but toot fucking toot. Yeah. Uh, that's about it, right? This is the go home. That's it. No shows this weekend. No nothing this weekend. Stay inside. Stay inside. Be safe. Stick to social distancing. That way we can all get back to pro wrestling. Yep. And then uh, let's see. I want to thank your wife for letting us film at your house. I want to thank my wife for letting us film at my house. <laughs> Ted, I want to thank your wife for letting you film at your house. Ted took off like a half hour ago. Did he? Is that why he's not talking up? That's right. No, I'm here. I was going to remind oh. you to uh, sell some merch. Don't forget to sell some merch there, Deb. Uh, yes. Um, ProWrestlingTees.com slash American Kaiju. And what's yours, Mike? Oh, yeah, we have the Hogsman shirts on there. Wait, use our, uh, use our like, data account to pull the, the logo so you can put the Hogsman shirt on yours, too. Uh, okay, I'll do that. And then, uh, yeah, I got a Pro Wrestling Tees backslash Mike Camden, I guess. And then uh, check out all the uh, social media. I've got at Mike Camden 82. Dev, what do you got? At Devin Sparks on Twitter, at American Kaiju on Instagram. And then I am uh, at Mike underscore Camden on Instagram. But uh, thank you to Ten Barrel. I forgot to mention that at the beginning of the show, but thank you, Ten Barrel. Pub beer, cheap fun beer. <clears throat> thank you for uh, sponsoring the show. You can listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, all sorts of platforms. Steel Cage Radio. Steel Cage Radio. Thank you very much for, uh, for carrying us. And I think that's about it. Are we out, Dev? I'm out, bro. I got nothing left uh, in the tank. This is, right. this is an eight-minute match listening. for me. I'm out of, <laughs> I'm out of juice. <laughs> Thank you guys for listening to uh, another episode of the Hogsman Podcast. If you think you're going to get the tip, nah, you got to take the whole hog. Adios. <laughs> <laughs>